Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hey, this is Jess Mowboy, proud to be heard on the beautiful Joy 94.9. And as the music of David Benoit and his band fade into the distance, we say hello and welcome to Been There, Done That, Joy 94.9. I'm Chris. I'm Gordon. And that makes me feel. And the band in the background is slowly getting ready to leave the studio. (laughs) (laughs) They're not fading away, they're just walking out the door. Is that what it is? Okay, right. I hope everybody is well and we are grateful that you are joining us on this program. Joy's History Program. Well, it's not really Joy's because we don't talk about much of Joy's history. Perhaps we should do that. We've just had a radiothon for Joy 25, but maybe We've as got we're a- coming up to our December anniversary, perhaps we might have a few more items in our program. What do you reckon? I think we could sort of, you're in charge of the archives, you can bring out all sorts of stuff. Oh, I can, yes, I can. I'm, yes, yes. And so. pieces of paper as well. <laughs> yes, we should celebrate a quarter of a century of joy. Yes. yes. I haven't so, been that so happy for so long. perhaps we should canvass the opinion of the listener. How would they do that, please? They can send us an email. And our email address is been there at joy.org.au. Oh, very nice. Beautifully spoken. It is, isn't it? <laughs> and, and if there are any other topics that we don't seem to cover, please let us know when we'll put our minds to it and do something about it. Yes, well, as long as we can. Yes. This now, you've is been digging dirt, Gordon. Yes. Well, I'm, what, I'm not sure, but I have been. In the garden? Oh, in the garden, yes, yes. <laughs> I, 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 the the rumours about those dahlias. Yes, so. yes, yes. Um, um, I dug up all the dahlia tubers and I've, I've got buckets of the blasted things, so I'm giving them away to anybody that wants them. Gorgeous. And I, can't, I, and I can't play the tuba. Can't you? No. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, but it's so... And then I bought a couple of rose plants and put them in because it's time to put in roses, new ones. Yes, bare-rooted? Um, bare-rooted. They were bare-rooted, yeah, like me. Yeah, I mean, yes. And then I um, bought a couple of very small little chrysanthemum plants. They were rather pretty, so I bought them. Yes, yeah. and Ma- Mother's like, Day's been and gone, hasn't it? Yeah, but these, were, these, were not, these are not the big... Um, Big, big grizzies. They were, they were they're just little small ones, you know. They're so not showy. They're I just think they're a border type um, right. one, you know. Oh. So I hadn't so seen them before. So you're going to make them select your house to board at? Yes, that's right. Yes, they're boarding at the moment in the garden. Mm. <laughs> well, they go well with those butch bear roses. Yes, that's from right. The bear yeah, community. With the bear rooted ones. Yes, yes. On today's show, we've got uh, some fresh stories from around the world. A couple of them, in fact, regarding organisations which you would think would almost be the same or parallel in their treatment of gay people or HIV positive people Mm. or things like this. And we 
that they're actually almost the exact opposites, and yes. which is very strange. We'll show you, tell you more about that. There's an anniversary of a very major icon in Australia, and I would have imagined that hardly a person doesn't know the story of Albert Namatjira. Yes, that's right. And we'll cover that. And let's go Star Trekking. Across the universe. Oh, something like that. But you've got to start somewhere. Over the rainbow. Well, we could go over the rainbow. Way up high. That is where you way up high. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You throw them at us and we bat them back to you, Phil. Yes. Mm. Uh, And then we've got a couple of anniversary celebratories Mm. uh, that we're going to list to round off our program. Yeah. But the first item I'd like to raise is reports coming in indicating that the US military policy will actually force out HIV-positive members. Now, I thought in the US Armed Forces they actually had the uh, had overturned the... Don't was, ask, don't, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. Mm, that's and, gone. And that was... Uh, turned over during Obama's Obama, uh, I think so. well, presidency. It was, pres- it was such a wishy-washy thing yeah, anyway. President Obama made it okay mm. for gay people to be in the um, armed forces. Yeah. Yes. Because th- they're people. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're, yeah, well, we are people, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. But I think Mr. Trump was uh, indicating that wherever he could re- reverse Go back. A, an, uh, an Obama policy, he would do so. Yes, yeah. but the He didn't say that when he was standing in front of the rainbow flag during his campaign, though. Oh. He's got so many faces, there's more than two, I tell you. <laughs> but the worst part about it, this thing from the um, US Armed Forces thing is that anybody that's HIV, is they're not allowed to be sent overseas to um, be deployed. Be, be deployed. They're un- they cannot to be deployed a front line to tro- a frontline troops, mm. which I suppose is understandable. But then they, there's... Plenty a, of other roles there's in plenty the other ro- yeah, yeah, well, there's, there's, there's one man who has, the, who has started it all off, and he's Sergeant Nicholas Harrison who was tested for uh, HIV in 2012, I think it was, and tested 2011 he was, and he found out to be HIV positive. And, and so he was made not uh, deployable, but he then went on and studied law, became a judge's advocate, and because he went up in the, in the legal part of the army, he, he could not practice unless he was a captain. And oh. now they won't allow him to be a captain because he's HIV positive. Oh, isn't that a way of discriminating? I would have thought that's pure discrimination. Oh, wow. And the uh, the LGBTI community are sort of uh, mounting a, a challenge to the um, uh, the army and what they're trying yeah. to do to stop it. You know, Australia is rather lucky with prep. We it's you just go in and you get it. It's on our universal it's on our, supply our, our scheme, PC uh, the pharmaceutical benefit scheme. Yeah, in America you have to pay for it. And it costs thousands of dollars. Mm. So that the people over there are not as fortunate as we are here so in Australia. So there's no <laughs> benefit for the army or the armed forces no. to pay those thousands of dollars. Wouldn't have thought so. No, so... Get them to leave the force. We don't have to pay for it then. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's just so unjust. It is unjust, yeah. And I still can't understand why they don't want universal health care. No. Well, they did have partly uh, universal health care, which Obama brought in, but it was one of the but things that, was, that Donald Trump campaigned on to get rid of. Yeah, but Obama had to compromise, oh, he compromised everywhere yeah, to, yeah, because and he ended have, up with something that was nothing like what we've got. He didn't have control of the Senate, so he didn't have control of Congress either, so it was the problem. Yeah, But Mr um, Trump is making doing his best to make sure that the LGBTI community 
are going to be um, strangled a little bit with the appointment of a very right-wing judge to be in the superior Supreme Court. Mm. Um, they're going to try to wind back equal marriage rights over there and also abortion on demand and all that sort of stuff. He's just the, yeah. And this man's going to be there for probably 40 years because they don't, re- they don't sack him. They retire. They die in the job. Or get killed. Yeah, or get killed. Yeah. <laughs> well, it happens on TV shows. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's a bit, yeah. bit, bit discriminatory. With it's the, no, interesting the to see the various forms of so-called democracy. Oh, Lord, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't call them democratic. No, and I, I don't like that particular form of democracy. Mm. I don't know that I go for benign dictators or a socialist state or well, a mix or what. Well, you, you really, the, the, Capitalism uh, isn't the be-all and end-all. No, well, that's pure, pure, America is pure capitalist society, and um, we are a mixture of capitalism and socialism, which helps the people that haven't got much. We it can, smooths, it out. smooths out everything, you know, mm. but even then we're trying to go the, the, the same way as America, the way that they're organising things, well, you know. Which party is int- trying to introduce all that? Well, Mr. Turnbull. Mr. Turnbull and his right-wing conservatives. Yeah. But they're, but they're it's, in, in case you actually didn't realise which f- form of government was uh, being promoted by our two major parties here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other, the other one is, is the um, New York Police Department. They're changing from the inside, which is different to changing from the outside, I suppose. They've got more gay members of the force, I guess, and well, they're changing I it. Well, I wouldn't be at all surprised, as Phil said, I think, in our little chat beforehand, that many a parade of protests through the streets of New York has the police force standing on the side, keeping the mob away from the mob. Yes, yes, yes. And, and they have actually been witnessed to all the good parades, the smooth, well-behaved parades. Mm. And they've actually taken, the police force have actually taken example of even the gay groups to see, oh, there's lots of gay people in the state of New York, in the city of New York. I'm here as well. I'm gay. Um, mm. It's it's interesting, the, um, well, in in the Victorian police force, we've got the Glows, who have a a wonderful, wonderful podcast here on Joy, you know, the the gay and lesbian liaison officers. Mm. And they they appear at all of the midsummers and the pride marches and all the rest of it. And And the pride pretty matches, if they're there. They're they're there. And it's smiling away. They're they're, they're happy because they're being what they are, you know. They're just being accepted within the yeah, gay community. Right. Well, there was a time when the blue uniform, that's ne- why they've gone to black, <laughs> yes. the thin blue line yeah. uh, was a line that we gay people wouldn't cross, but mm. now mm. they've crossed away from their own blue line. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I was reading about the... A successful uh, outcome for everybody concerned. In one of the papers on the weekend, they had a story about a, an officer who was going through a terribly tough time, and it turned out he was a gay man. And they didn't, what had happened to him, it it put him into a whole state, you know. It was a a very interesting article. And um, I thought to myself, oh, my God, you know. Well, the police force, as with the armed forces here in Australia uh, and around the world, are likely to get their members in very disastrous situations. Oh, Lord, yes. They'll come out with PTSD. Oh, this man did have, yeah. And Mm. that's 
probably mm, he why had all sorts. he supported. But can you imagine if, in fact, the uh, the force was discriminatory against gays? No, you can't have mental support for the trauma that we've imposed upon you mm. during in but, your line of business. But in this article, the police force didn't support him. You know, which mm. was which was a bit rough. It was, it was awful. But as we were saying in New York, yeah. in 1982. Charlie Cochran Jr. came out as the first gay policeman and he formed the Gay Officers Action League, which 36 years later has got chapters all over the country. Yeah. And they're, they're gay police officers who are out and they're educating the straight police officers and it's what was described as a win-win. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it has to be. So it's basically you don't have to hide anymore and it's certainly truer now than even in 1982 it would have been very hard to come out that would but, have been, that would have taken a hell of a lot of guts in those days in america to come yeah, out yeah or you know. or something made him really angry i would imagine yeah, and he, and he just had to stand up yeah yeah it just takes one man yeah and yeah. he did it but um yeah they got chapters right across the united states and they're combating homophobia in police departments and mm. other law enforcement mm. agencies mm. so that's the the growth from within. The growth, growth is from within, but it's yeah. taken a while to get to that that spot. But and, and but it's good that they're doing it. How do you get on with? Uh, I don't want to say it's present in our forces, but corruption of uh. any sort in any force, any group of of lawmakers or law keepers or armies. Well, it's not only in those groups. There's also corruption in big business and all the rest of it. Yeah. It is everywhere. It's, so, it's, it's endemic, really, in the so society. So you've got to have whistleblowers. Mm. And so there's protection of whistleblowers involved in the, the whole sequence. That's the funny thing. There's, you hear governments say, you know, we encourage whistleblowers yeah. until somebody blows the whistle on them well, and then that, they go to jail. There's that bloke that's going to, looks like they're, they're charging the solicitor and all. Yeah. yeah. Well, what you need difficult. for all of that is a cure. You do need the cure, don't you? Yes. Well, we've suffered the cure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, here comes Lady Gaga, and she's got a song called The Cure here on Joy. Been there, done that. Gordon, Phil, and Chris. I'll address you because you're tired. Cover you as you desire. When you fall asleep inside my arms. May not have the fancy things, but I'll give you everything you could ever want. It's in my arms. So baby, tell me yes, and I will give you everything. So baby, tell me yes, and I will be all yours tonight. So baby, tell me yes, and I will give you everything. I will be right by your side. joy.org.au where our diverse communities can come together across the nation across the globe joy you're with gordon phil and chris been there done that joy 94.9 there are a few icons here in this country and we know them because they're probably household names and i'm not particularly talking about anybody from the gay community but there is lots of straight community icons that we recognize and respect 
an honour for their talent. In Phil, different fields. There are famous straight people. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning every week. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yes, uh, there are situations where reverse discrimination doesn't work. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> because we are totally proud of people like Albert Namachira. What's the background to Albert and why should we think that he's a, a national icon? He was a great artist, of course, and he... Um, he was taught watercolour painting by the mission that he attended at school and he was taught painting by one of the, the masters or whatever, it was, the sort of people that were out there and he became a very, very talented watercolourist and he could paint the colours around Alice Springs where he lived in that area. Those Would have places. been the real European concept of art, art yes. rather than the Aboriginal representation. You so know. were the missionaries trying to turn him into a white man, do you think? Oh, I don't think so, but they showed him how to do the watercolour, you know, and he could go out into the country and just sit down and paint the trees and the hills and all the rest of it with the colours that he could see. Completely different mediums. Yes, that's right. Or media. Yeah. He was at the Lutheran Mission School and he learnt water colour style from Rex Batterby, oh, the, right. the artist. He's the artist, yeah. So I guess if he'd stayed with his mob, he would have learnt the traditional Aboriginal Probably, painting. Or, or may not at all, maybe not mm, at all, yeah. you know. So some of his paintings were sold very, very cheaply because people just sort of bought them and that was it. They didn't realise how what a, what a talent this man was. Well, that's and the how trouble became, when an artist is alive. Yeah, and they, they, but then he was... He was ostracised by his family a lot too because of what he was doing. He wasn't doing the traditional stuff. He was doing the watercolour. But he, he did but make a lot of money. He made a lot of money. But he couldn't buy, he couldn't own land or build a house no, until is, the law was changed. Right. So anyhow, he, all his copyright stuff went uh, upon his death to a, a, a group. The public trustee of the Northern Territory jumped in and in some ways did the right thing. Got things sorted for the Western style of distribution of assets of the person who had just passed away. Now, that isn't actually the way that his mob would have done it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And worse than that, the trustees of Northern Territory decided to do something else. Ah, this particular asset, all the copyright rights mm. of his artworks, we can get a million bucks for that, but uh, hold on, what would the, the mob do with that? Oh, no, we can't have that as the end resource That's right. for someone to uh, spend in a way that we don't approve of. So they gave away the rights without any financial recompense or benefit to the Northern Territory. It was actually Dick Smith who decided to offer his support to the Namajira family to their cause after becoming convinced that there had been a misunderstanding between the family and the copyright owner's Legend Press. And he went and he discussed it with the owners of Legend Press and he said that he would donate a certain amount of money and uh, they did as well. And they were actually able to then sell the copyrights of the whole of the Namajira collection back to the family for just one dollar. Wow. So they got the lot for $1 because the Dick Smith had donated money into this whole yeah, so system. There was, so that there was the Western concept of financial transactions, but there was no real financial gain except for the natural inheritance that's right, yes, of yeah. his wealth and his fame and his artistry. And what's that got to do with tennis? 
if well, I may change the subject. Yeah, you can change the subject because we're also talking about another great Indigenous icon as well in this little section. But um, I was just going to get back to the to the art bit for a second. They were trying to do was to be like they have with um, music and that sort of thing, like with the copyright. If somebody sells an original painting for thousands yeah. of dollars or something or other, there should be something goes back to the original artist so that they are it's like you get perpetual reward for it yeah, yeah. which they don't do with art they do it no. with books and they do it with paint and, and music but they yeah. don't do it with they don't do it with art yeah. performing rights performing. Yeah, yeah that's right yeah but anyhow we'll go after that little rant yeah, let's go yeah, back yeah. To, let's go back to to, to to tennis and we're talking about a wonderful woman I, I love watching this woman play tennis Yvonne Goolagong Corley Actually, because well, it's her uh, birthday on the uh, 31st, 31st of, July. of July, the same day yeah. as Albert Namatjira, actually. No, no, his was 28th of, oh, 28th July, of July, that's right. Born in 1902. Yeah, yeah. She, she was just an absolute wonder on the court. She was so graceful. She just flew around the court and she won the Wimbledon a couple of times, I think it was, and she was just such a great tennis player to watch and a lovely woman in her attitude. You know, yeah, which, which she wasn't big-headed or anything. Uh, yeah, she was. She she was uh, sponsored by a, a white family who taught her how to. He was a tennis player. The father was a tennis yeah. player, and he taught her how to play tennis. And she just went on to become one of the best tennis players that Australia's ever had. Well, he taught her pretty well because she won ninety-two pro tournament. Yeah, which yeah. is nothing to sneeze at. And she's still around. She's we often see her on the on the um, television on the TV, on yeah. the TV talking she's, about the tennis that's on. Or she's something. the captain of the two, or from two thousand two, has been the captain of the Federation Cup Federation team. Federation Cup team. So she's yeah. not playing. No, oh, she can't play now. She'd be. She'd um, well, quite 60s older, wouldn't she be? Well, we don't discuss women's age. Oh, it's not I'm seen as polite. Right. Yes, but she, but she's, but um, I just enjoyed it. I, I, I'm not a huge tennis fan, but I always watched when she was on the tennis on the television playing tennis. She but she just, just seemed like a normal person. Yes, yes, who had this incredible skill. Yeah, she wasn't built like a, a Venus sister. No, 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 no. Not a Venus, but a one of the one of the sisters. That, yes. that, yeah, <laughs> but but she was very slight, and but but she knew how to cover the court, and she had great shots and great placement with her ball. The ball, yeah, that's how she won so many. And it's such a nice game because it starts at love all. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I thought it was just everybody loves everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a few other icons in the, in the Indigenous community, but there are icons in some of the newer communities to Australia as well. Oh, well, in the football particularly. We, oh, yes. We've got one that's very, very much of an icon in our community anyhow. And he was... Oh, a, oh well, that's the other sort of football. Oh, yes. But, well, but there I, are I, different I, sorts of football. I, I, I was Chris. talking about the fact that a lot of... Clans, a lot of groups in the world excel at various things, and sports seems to be one of the achievements. And that's why the Olympic Games are a wonderful opportunity for countries to show that they can succeed. Yes, you're also celebrating a birthday on the 31st of this month. Ian Roberts, the great NRL player, who oh, yeah. came out. It's his birthday on the 31st of now, July. Hold as well. on, say that again. The great NRL player yeah, that came out. That came out. Yeah, National now, Rugby League. You, you you can't imagine... Well, I can't easily imagine that those big hulking lads, when they play their sport, could actually fit the usual stereotype of a gay person. 
well, I don't think he would have sort of looked at Neil Roberts and uh, and and thought Ian Roberts. Ian Roberts, beg your pardon, Ian Roberts, and thought that man's gay. No, <laughs> you wouldn't have even it would have entered your mind. He was such a mountain of a man and and gorgeous looking, very handsome. When Rugged, he was young, I think when he was younger, when, yeah, you, yeah. when you were a bit of a rough diamond, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but he he was a very well known player. He was a sportsman first, oh yes, gay second. Well, and isn't that the way people should be considered? Well, you should be considered for what you can do, not what your sexuality is. You don't have to be a, a gay singer. You're a singer. In the words or of Homer Simpson, there's nothing wrong with a bit of hey hey. <laughs> <laughs> a diverse sound for a diverse community. Joy. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. It's time to talk about space things. Well, been there, done that is the place to go for space news. Oh, is it? Or yes. space history. That's right. Or it is as of now. Hmm. Thank you. But the news is... Tell me. Mr. Musk, Elon's company, SpaceX, successfully launched a communication satellite last weekend. Oh, right. So he's putting that up there with all the rest of the junk that floats around up there. Well, this isn't junk yet. <laughs> well, it will <laughs> be. brand new. It will be, yes. But see, he gets a significant amount of money from an organisation called NASA because they're not doing the launching at the moment. They're working on their next generation Space vehicle. or something, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the private space companies. It, it's not a whole lot different to the 1960s, but NASA would contract the construction of... Their uh, rockets uh, the to rockets, various yeah, yeah, companies. Yeah, understandable. And, um, but coordinated it all very closely oh, in-house, yeah, yeah. whereas now it's a little bit more independent. So they just say, look, we need to launch these things, you know, get it up there, we'll give you some money. Oh, right. Okay. So, but how much more communications do we need with satellites? This well, the- old satellites die. Yeah, yeah. And the more interconnected we become, the more communications we need. Yeah. Uh, need is and more in data, parentheses. <laughs> and more data that people can break into and use and yeah. all sorts of things like that. Mm. So, you know, we're going to end up completely dependent on machines that will fail. Well, there's Because they do. That's because they do, because they they, only, they would have a certain lifespan, of course, wouldn't they? Because they, yeah. do they, they would have to have battery power or something, or do they use uh, the sun, solar power? They have solar power and nuclear power in some cases. Oh, right. Which is why they don't want them all to crash back to Earth. Yeah, well, that's understandable, yes. Okay, and because they've gone up with a specific task in mind, presumably, uh, and also you've got to worry about cosmic rays, the control apparatus within the satellite is probably fairly simple and robust. You can't send up your latest PC because the, the integration of the circuitry is now so small that gamma rays and such things would actually ping it, pierce it. Mm. Mm. Oh, you mean so the chip driving the whole device... Has to be fairly basic. Oh. Or shielded excessively. Mm. But if we go back to 1969, when we all headed to the moon, the computer that ran all those computations to get the navigation and everything... 
uh, was later described as about the same amount of processing power that you had in the original digital watches in the 1980s. Wow! Not even a Nokia 01. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, they, they must have had tremendous um, confidence in the fact that this thing would work then. Well, you see, computers were a different animal. We didn't have pretty windows and Word yeah. and Excel and all sorts mm-hmm. of things. So it was a purely digital animal and it wasn't there for its looks. And they would actually type in instructions in pretty much what we would now call machine code, mm-hmm. which are the actual physical instruction that the machine itself performs so they'd type in it's a bit like autopilots they're not they're computers but they're nothing like what we see computers on our desktops right but on the what was it 20th of july 1969 when they actually got to the moon mr neil armstrong became the first man to walk on the moon and there's a couple of quotes um buzz aldrin who was the second man on the moon uh, they asked him what he thought as he stepped off the the bottom rung of the ladder. And he said, to be honest, I thought, gee, that was easy. (laughs) And because they'd spent a decade pretty much training for the worst. Yeah. And nothing went wrong. So it was, in that sense, an anticlimax because they didn't have to rescue themselves or or (laughs) fix anything. Or die stuck on the moon without being able to get back. Well... There would have been they, a sacrifice for science? No. The the way the missions were ramping up, Apollo 12 wasn't too far behind. Oh. So they they could push that forward. There would have been a chance of rescue. So they but could it, have got back into their little bubble of a spacecraft. They would have been on a pretty, pretty sensitive diet too, I would yes. imagine. Yeah, so everything basically went so well because they'd planned on everything... To go wrong. Yeah, yeah, well, that's. I have to. I suppose when they're planning those sort of things, they've got to plan for every contingency that could happen. That's what I think the rescuers did with Mr. Musk chipping in on the side for those poor boys in Thailand who were stuck in the cave. They worked out every option that was possible possible and just went for the only one that was left to them that had any guarantee not that it was a hundred percent guarantee mm. it was the best guarantee and it actually worked and it did mm. Mm. so th- that's uh, that was a wonderful thing to do but it's it's when it, you're away up on the moon when you're up on the moon i think it's a little <laughs> bit different from being in a, a probably not much more different than being in a cave with a flooded with water and you're trying to get out you know yeah, it's a life it's a, it's, it's a life yes mm. and they, uh, they, this was 13 lives which they managed to save and realizes how many there's probably two at least generations if not three of people in the world who've grown up with always had the situation that man has been to the moon Oh, well, that sort of goes with, with, with the whole of history, though, doesn't it? It, you know, it you, you, is, but, you know, three generations. <laughs> mm. But, yeah, but in modern society, we've got a weird tra- train of thought yeah. that if I didn't see it, it didn't happen. But as long as the train left on time, it'd be all right. Yes, but this train is conspiracy theorists. Oh, right. And they're, they're actually doubting that the moon mission ever oh, occurred. That was, that was right. The, I think the Chinese said that it was filmed in the back lot of Hollywood or something or other, wasn't that? was one of their statements. Yeah, but and of course there was a movie made in the 70s with that premise for a, a trip to Mars, Yeah, yeah. which I think just solidified the, <laughs> the negative well, they did. Well, they did do a very uh, a silent movie about a, a man flying to the moon, which was one of um, that science writer... Um, oh, Jules Verne. Jules Verne, yes, about going yeah. to the moon. And that was, it was hysterical. <laughs> when you look at it, it was in black and white. I thought that sparkler at the 
bum end of the <laughs> rocket was very convincing myself. <laughs> very, very clever. Uh, but one of the iconic actions that was taken on that moon landing, or one of the moon landings, was the first one when they planted the flag. They had to hold it out because there's no Well, there's wind. no breeze. Well, it's got an alum- aluminium rod that holds, rod that holds, it, that holds out. it out. Yeah. It wasn't. If it wasn't for Australia, no one would have ever seen those pictures on TV because it all came back to Australia through through uh, up in the, the parks. parks. Yeah, yeah. In New South Wales, back to the telescope, radio telescope. Back to the radio telescope, which was then sent on to uh, America to get the mm. uh, and it was immortalised in the movie The Dish. The Dish, yeah. And uh, did you ever see a cricket game played on a dish? <laughs> It was actually better than flat ground because the ball would run back. <laughs> Come back, you couldn't get rid of the ball. <laughs> Space is a is a funny thing, but there was a. I was watching a program the other night about uh, they had this funny clock, and it was all about time, and and the human beings invented how to work out what time was. You know, the the the, the work out that there was so many, you could have so many hours in a day, and all the rest of it. You know, and well, it was, to be totally pedantic, animals figured it out first. You wake when it's light and you sleep when it's dark. Well, that, that <laughs> they was, manage time perfectly. But the, but, but the original humans did as well. Yeah. Because that was... Well, that wasn't broke. Why did we was, go and fix it? Was it was only the electric uh, invention of the candle and the electric light that caused everybody to have these sleep disorders and things. <laughs> because otherwise you went to bed when the sun went down. Blame it all on progress. Yes, that's right. We'll do that. We'll be hearing a piece of music from a little band called Bobby Dimple and the Lunar Ladies Chorus talking about an American flag on the moon. Mm. Now, whilst it's still there, the, the flag was American. Yes, the little song is actually a little bit naughty because it uh, claimed that the man in the moon was an American citizen. Now, but the plaque, because it's American, yeah. the plaque that they left on the moon stated, "We came in peace for all mankind." So not just for America. Wasn't the thing that Neil Armstrong said different to what he was supposed to say? Yes, he said, that's one small step for man, but one giant leap for mankind. What he had written the night before as his script was, that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. You mean to which say, actually makes more sense. You mean to say he should have been doing a Trumpism? Well, he should have come out after the mission. The mission said, oh, this is what I said, meant to yeah, say. Yeah, what I meant to say. What I said to say was this, <laughs> yes. Okay. It's not what I actually said. No, but I, I was going to use a double negative. <laughs> American flag on the moon tonight. One small step for a man One giant leap for mankind. There's an American flag on the moon tonight, flying red and blue and white. There's an American flag waving on the moon, waving on the moon tonight. There's an American flag, can't you see? Sitting on the sea of tranquility There's an American flag Waving on the moon Waving on the moon tonight I'm not a bit neurotic Not a bit psychotic Oh no, no I'm only patriotic Gloriowski, what a kick I'm a lunar, una, lunar, una, lunatic It's an American moon If you please Refer to it now As American cheese Stars and stripes Light up the Milky Way Hey Apollo 11 Delivered our heavenly right to Citizen of the USA Stand up and brag For your grand old flag Waving on the 
you're listening to Been There, Done That on Joy 94.9. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Uplifting. Informing. Empowering. Joy 94.9. Australia's only LGBTI radio station, Joy. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Time to open the anniversaries book, gentlemen, please. Okay. Rattle, rattle, said he opening the book. Oh, gosh, yes. Who's in it the roundabout this time? Well, we've got a couple of uh, people who have departed this world. All in July. On the 25th of July... 2003, an English film and stage director and actor uh, died. He uh, He's a very talented fellow, he was, mm-hmm. and won a lot of awards. Three Academy Awards, eight BAFTA Awards, and three Golden Globes. And uh, I think he even actually got himself a Golden Palm Star on the Palm Strings California Walk of Stars dedicated to him. Yeah, and he was We're a- talking about... John Richard Schlesinger, yes, born he, in 1926, so he had a very good life, mm, and he made some great movies too. He's um, the one that really always impressed me was Sunday Bloody Sunday, and that had the most gorgeous-looking young man in it, um, Murray Murray Head, Head who but, was who was running between Glenda Jackson as as the straight lover and Peter Finch as the gay doctor. And it was uh, he was he was bisexual apparently because he was going between the two of them. You know that sounds like a bit of a, a sexy film. Uh, it was a ve- it's a very good film. It's a beautifully made film, and, and they used the um, soundtrack. The, the the soundtrack is the music from Cosi Fantuti, the oh, opera, and the great uh, quintet that they sing in that. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful film. He also made uh, Midnight Cowboy. Oh, now Which that was a, another... Very dramatic. Exactly. But it was appropriate in some ways to our own community because it was a film of two hustlers living on the fringe on the bad side of New York City. And it won Oscars for Best Director and Best Picture in 1969-1970. Uh, he also made the movie of Boys in the Band, which is making a, re, a re-emergence as a play in on Broadway after 50 years of not being played. So he's uh, he did the Boys in the Band and he did another gay movie called Some of My Best Friends Are. So he, he did quite a few... Um, he was uh, groundbreaking. He was educating the public mm, in the ways mm, of mm. the other side of the That's right, yes. world. Yeah, so... He was a he was a but a good filmmaker and he well he won so many awards I mean to say he had to be and I think Glenda Jackson won the Academy Award in that um, Sunday Bloody Sunday movie mm. she left the she left the movie industry and went became a Labor politician for about thirty or forty years or something rather yeah. in the British Parliament but once again a, a, an iconic name mm. in mm. the British film industry. That's right. John Schlesinger died at the age of 77, but he was survived by his partner of over 30 years, photographer Michael Childers. Now, that's interesting as well, because obviously the British society had realised it's okay for these guys not to be part of the usual straight mould 
of society. But, but but in England, in the theatre world, uh, there were there, every there were a lot of um, gay and lesbian people, and everybody knew about it, but nobody did did, did say anything no, about it. They no. just they just went on about Ex- doing their yeah. business, you know. Let life live. That's right. Probably yeah. because it didn't matter. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, on the 21st of July 2005 died a fellow by the name of Long, John Baldry, a UK singer and guitarist, born back in 1941. Uh, do I, would I know him? What's his style of music, please, Gordon? He's a, he's a, he's a sort of a, a bit of a rock, bit of a ballad singer, a bit of country twang, a bit of country sound to the back of his music. But UK? UK. He was, uh, out, he came out, he was out openly gay in the 60s. As a musician, so so how come he's still in our minds? Well, because he's um, Elton John gets his name. That's where his, Elton John's John name comes from. Long John Baldry because they were friends, and John, Long John Baldry was one of the people that sort of helped him get going. But uh, Long well, he, John Baldry did that to a lot of people. He was a uh, he helped. Um, I think Rod Stewart was another one that he helped. He did a bit bit of mentoring, but he mm. actually saved Elton John's life because Elton had a a relationship with a woman, which failed mm. and long john as a friend took him aside and explained what his true sexual feelings were. oh right but um long john baldy he died in his 60s in canada he moved to canada and took out a canadian citizenship and um he was living in canada when he passed away mm. but he's got he has his voice was a, a very lovely deep very melodic voice i thought i just i just like his voice and i would play a lot of his music on when i was doing um the GPS program on Sunday mornings because I just like his voice. Yeah. Well, terrific. Well, we'll can do that we'll today. Do that a bit later. Mm. We'll we'll end our program today with that piece of music. All right. And what it's going to be called? River Deep. River Deep Mountain High. Ah, oh, gorgeous. Yeah. It's Thank a travel you. show. It's a travel show. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll see you next week. Cheerio for now. Bye. 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 were a little girl, you had a rag doll, the only doll that you've ever owned. Now you love me just the way you love that rag doll, and only now my love has grown. And it gets higher, babe, in every way, and it gets deeper, babe. Let me say And it gets stronger, babe Day by day Do I love you, my oh my River deep and a mountain high Yeah, yeah, yeah If I lost you, would I cry? This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.